Now, I don't know if it's as good as Stephen Piercy coffee, but I'd imagine it probably. I, I have to test the Stephen Piercy coffee to see, but the coffee brand coffee is fantastic. So I could send you the Stephen Piercy one. You could send me one of those. All right. Or we could we have a taste that. off. Yeah, we can do that. We can definitely do that. Well, here's a guy that probably knows a thing about coffee, too, because he certainly knows everything there is to know about podcasting. It's the one and only. It is Scott Bowling. Scott, how are you, man? Good. What's going on? What's happening, man? It's good Welcome. To, good to Dude. talk to you once again, man. And um, as as I've been making very clear, you're like a pro in our amateur world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very amateur at uh, podcasting right now. So <laughs> I'm like, I got this cheap little mic, so... I don't know, man. I mean, but 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 your show is not amateur on on any level. Your show is, I will say, the most pro of anybody that's doing it. Oh, I appreciate it. It's uh, the people I use, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, is I that the a, secret? Is hiring a company to to produce it or what? Yes, dude. It's uh, it's 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 a lot of pressure too because I'm like, you guys are doing like this like amazing work. Now I got to step up my game, you know, so it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely a, it's a great team I have. It's the guys from uh, Kind Punk. They do okay. documentaries and stuff. Um, I'm too old for this shit. It's a documentary on, uh, I can't think what network it's on, but anyway, they do documentaries and stuff. And so uh, they do a good job. Yeah. They, well, they job. definitely do. They definitely do a good job, man. And, um, I love it. You know, I, I was, I, I have been a fan for years at this point now, you know, to wow, man, that means a lot. Yeah. Well, Toomey turned me on to it originally. And, uh, and I think Toomey turned you onto my show originally yes. like, way back when. So to we will blame all of this on Toomey. Yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah, first... I look up. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I look up to Toomey so much when I first started, he was like one of the first podcasts I listened to. Sure. And, uh, and, and so I, it, he interviewed Bones from Suck Mojo. Have you right. ever heard that that episode before? I have, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious, right? And so mm -hmm. I interviewed Bones shortly afterwards, and I was scared to death just because I thought <laughs> I was going to get that same treatment as uh, Toomey did. <laughs> nice. Well, dude, the, the difference is, is you do your show, and for people that don't know, you can look up you can look up Scott's show at um, what is it? Scott Good Company? Is that right? Yes, yeah, com? that's right. ScottGoodCompany.com. Yeah. That's right. You can yep. look it up and you can see the show. First of all, you have everybody live with you, or for the very most mm -hmm. part, everybody's live with you. And that all by itself is an amazing, as somebody that does this, that is an amazing amount of uh, scheduling and prep and everything that <laughs> you must put into this to get them to get to you. And, you know, and then you do all this high end graphics where you're handing them the, you know, five Plaques. foot by five foot plaque of their yeah. albums and stuff. And, but what's most amazing to me is when I'm saying you're getting guests that are coming in, it's not like you're getting the triangle player from TSO. You know, you're getting head from corn or guys from Limp Biscuit or POD or I, like super legitimate, still very relevant bands. You know, is, is that, I guess the question, I don't want to just say, well, how do you get them? But, you know, I guess that is my question. How do you know? Cause I know how hard it is to schedule the bigger name guys. You got to go through 18 hoops to get them. You know, so it, the best, uh, you know, I got lucky. I mean, really it's luck. Uh, 
I interviewed Mikey uh, from Islander. And okay. Little did I know he was friends with, you know, Brian Welch from Corn. So he kind of mentioned that. Oh, yeah, I went on tour with them. And, and I said, you know, I would love to have any of those guys, you know, kind of wishful thinking, just saying that out loud. Sure. He's such a solid guy. He hit me back and said, yeah, uh, I think your head will be on your show. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I, just, I was just kidding. Is this real? And so really the best way to, for me to get people like that is just, it's, you know, once somebody has a good experience here yeah. and then they can tell people they know, and that's easier than me just going on social media and be like, Hey, will you be on my show? <laughs> you know, right. Come to my basement. It's word of mouth though. That's really what helps me out. It's, you know, just getting okay. lucky. And then I try to make even the littlest, not the littlest, but the smaller interviews I've had, I try to make them all, I got food, drinks, everything they need. And then they just tell their friends and they tell okay. them, yeah, it's kind of a snowball, you know, I just got lucky with, with Brian Welch. I mean, that was, I, I have so many stories with him. It's, right. It's, uh, when he first got here, he was a little creeped out the first time he's been here three times. Right. The, but the first time it was weird because we didn't know him. He didn't know us. It was like, hey. And uh, he had a good time. <laughs> nice. For Would sure. you have any interest in having Stephen Piercy's guitar player there? <laughs> Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, what's up, man? What up? <laughs> I definitely need Eric on this show. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you know what's funny is um, I was thinking about this today is the singer from uh, Bobby Blosser's Rat Experience, Josh. Right. Hart. Josh he, Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Joshua Allen. Yes. He grew up. I mean, not grew up. He used to live right down the street from me, and we hung out all the time. Oh, that's I awesome. Know. He's very talented. What's he up to, man? Nobody knows where he's at. Uh, last I heard, he was in Vegas, you know, with uh, his right. wife. But uh, it's nuts, because I, I, I saw him playing with uh, with Bobby. I was like, oh, my God. It's weird when you grow up with somebody, you just check, and you're like, wow, he's on. Uh, he's in Rat now. But, yeah, he's a super right. cool guy. He did a great job and uh, with that, as we all know. And it's a shame that he got treated kind of like crap. <laughs> <'Cause> that <laughs> yeah, could probably went on to actually work out for them. But uh, well, how do you get treated like crap? Was he like a punching bag kind of thing? Like, uh, no, I think it was more financially because there, there's no way that they would have come close to pulling off the rat experience there that they were doing. We're basically, I don't know how much you know about the backstory, but but initially. Uh, Josh was in the uh, Sin City Sinners, yeah, yeah. which is a cover band in Vegas, and they had Bobby Blotzer just appear with them one night as a guest to play drums, and Bobby was so impressed by Josh singing the rat songs that he went, you know what? I'm going to start a band. I'm going to be the Bobby Blotzer Rat Experience. Right. And they went and played, and, and surprisingly, we all, everyone that saw it went, well, that was pretty good, you know, and you couldn't knock them for that, and they were they were playing, and everything was fine, but then he just went off the deep end and just started calling it rat without getting any legal, you know, <laughs> justification for doing it or uh, whatever you call it. Uh, so that proceeded to just cause all these, you know, legal problems. But uh, in the meantime, they were getting very big gigs using the name Rat. That finally enabled them to get big shows that were actually paying pretty well for for Bobby, who Blotzer, who was taking most of the money. So if they were getting, I don't, I don't know what numbers they were getting, 20, twenty grand, thirty grand, he was keeping it. 
at just paying these guys a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> right. So they're playing these big shows and everybody's going ahead with it because it sounds so good. But it was really because the guitar player was really young and good that they Bobby got and the singer nailed Steven, which was really surprising because nobody has ever done that. Yeah. There's nobody that sounds like Steven. Not that he's a, a Pavarotti singer, but just for some reason, nobody nails the rat thing like Josh Allen did, which was really strange. Uh, but yeah, it's a shame. Uh, so Bobby was, you know, treating those guys like crap and I guess paying them like crap. And at one point they were just like, man, you'd have nothing if it wasn't for us up there delivering the goods, you know? And one by one, they all just jumped ship. And once Josh left, that was it. Yeah, how do you sustain? Yeah, how do you sustain something like that? You know, <laughs> paying people well, like crap. Well, our buddy Chris can tell you our buddy from the show that does the theme to the classic metal show, who is a yeah. fantastic singer himself. Chris is yeah, Sean is Nichols. Sean, Sean Nichols. Nichols. Mm -hmm. Sean Nichols was the last guy to jump on board with that, and that was just when the ship was just gurgling. You saw like the mast of the ship <laughs> going down in the water. Sean Nichols was right on the top, very top there, just, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, and then that was well, it. Sean, Sean had the interesting, I'll say luck, but I guess lack of luck, of not only did he jump onto that ship, but then he jumped into the Quiet Riot ship, wrote a record, <laughs> wrote he writes a record, he records the record, and then they fired him to bring in James Durbin and re-recorded all of his vocals with, with Durbin on songs that he wrote. And, and that went all, all insane. And then, and then it was like this, it was nutty. Cause I was kind of in the middle of that a little bit. And, mm. and like in one ear, uh, Frankie Benali was threatening lawsuits in the other ear. Sean was saying, Fuck you. I'm going to put these things out here. I'm just going to put them out on YouTube. I have them too. And they're my voice and they're my songs. I wrote them. So I'm going to release your album that you already signed with Frontiers on YouTube. So it was a mess. Oh my God. It was a mess that somehow, I don't know how they resolved it. I never asked, but oof. I was like, I'm glad I'm on this side of it where I can just say bad things and then walk away. <laughs> I you know I love um I, I'm a fan of your guys' show. I love the dynamic between Chris and Eric. Oh, and great. Know, yeah. And I remember Chris saying something about Eric, you were wanting to do a podcast. And when when I heard you say that, I was like, Oh, I wonder how this is gonna turn out because everybody wants to do a podcast. And I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. I mean, it is really good. I really like it. Well, thank I'm you, sir. I'm surprised yeah. it's really good too. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Eric, turn your speakers down just a little bit. Okay. Because your speakers are definitely humming back to me. All but, right. um, well, Scott, you know, let, let's talk about your show for a little bit before we talk about podcasting in, in general. Sure. You know, um, you mentioned it. You do your show, you know, from your basement. But it, it's definitely, I, I don't want people to have the misconception that it is a knockoff Wayne's World type thing. <laughs> It's a very, very high-end looking looking thing. And you 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 clearly spend a ton of time not only crafting the look, but also crafting the interviews. I mean, you obviously spend a ton of time researching and getting the graphics and the graphical pieces to match the 
to match the the research that you've done. Talk a little bit about how that and how long you have to spend to put out each episode and, you know, just putting it together because your shit's like a TV show. It's not even like a podcast. Oh, thank it's, you. It's, it really is. I mean, I, I honestly could easily see you going to Access TV or Tubi or somebody and saying, here's my product. Pay me. That would be amazing. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that would be the goal. Definitely. Uh, it's a process and it's a passion thing. Um, where to start? That was a, that was a good question. So, you know, if you watch my interviews, I have I call them props. I have so each album, I hold them up and say, "Hey, your next album." We kind of go through each album. That was kind of a, a crutch at first because I was like, "How am I going to do? I'm going to keep this in the flow." So, I had this guy print these large albums out, uh, trying to keep the show different. You know, how many? I mean, you know, YouTube shows you see where God pulls out his own little prop blown up of the album so that's different um also i like you mentioned earlier with the plaques you know i've started giving artists these awards and here you go you went platinum in my basement <laughs> so here you go here's a gift <laughs> this was all passion stuff it wasn't like i'm gonna do this to to blow up the channel you know i did this because i i, I you know i don't know it's just something like I, I i grew up listening to these people yeah anyway um I, I got in touch. I had for the first year of doing the show, it was just me and this other uh, other guy named Dustin, and we worked for a year. And uh, I interviewed Mikey from Islander, which I mentioned earlier. Right. And when he showed up, he brought his security guy with him, which was Nathan Mowry. Nathan lived in Atlanta. He brought security because hey, this is this guy's basement. <laughs> so when Nathan well, showed but up, that's a legitimate yeah. concern, dude. It's it like, is, okay, yeah, man. You know, it's I mean, like it's like I don't know you. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't know you, and 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 ten, and you're saying come to my house. It's like, yeah, you know, I might end up dead. I've watched a couple serial killer documentaries too. You know, <laughs> so so when Nathan when Nathan showed up as the security guy, I fast I found out quickly that Nathan shot the Judas video for Fozzie. Okay. And I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. The guy I was using, I wasn't getting along with. There's a, a lot to that. But when he said that, I was like, I'm going to, I'm thinking, about, I'm going to use this guy. So <laughs> about a week or so later, I called Nathan up and I said, hey, uh, you know, what do you think about filming Good Company? And he said, dude, that would be an honor. And from there, he had his own crew. And that's where it got really professional. Right. And, and it got, you know, what's funny is that it's, as as stressful as you think it would be when you have lighting, we even have makeup. We have all right. these different things put in. Not, that that never really stressed me out. It was like a process, you know, getting food ready, getting you know, it was it was just like a party. It still is, right? Yeah. And but doing podcasts freaks me out more. I don't know why, but you know, <laughs> when I'm doing the show, it's like it's a mystery because I guess I'm in control of it, you know. I don't right. Know. And, and oh. when I when I interview people, they're comfortable because I already I already talk to them about what they like to eat, what they like to drink. So when they show up, it's just like a, it's all about comfort. It's just like, hey man, <laughs> don't call it a basement, call it a studio. I guess, but right. I try to make everything <laughs> smooth. Well, and and dude, I, I mean, I'm, I've got the interview that you did with Lord Nelson from Stuck Mojo on the on the screen here. <clears throat> And I know, you know, I, I obviously have Lord on, on my podcasting network. And um, and when he did your show, I know he called me like the day he got home. And he's like, 
you're not going to believe this fucking show, dude. And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, cause like you guys were like sending me little clips too from the place, you know, like yeah. you guys had cut me a little clip, but <laughs> Lord's like, dude, I got there and I had my girl with me and they took me out to the beach and they took me out or to the, to the, the water the and yeah. yeah, to the water. And then, you know, there's all kinds of food. He was like, I wasn't treated this good when I was in stuck mojo. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He really had had nothing but praise for it. And I've heard that from a few people, man, that have, have all said that doing your show. And I mean, I'm, like I said before, and, and looking, looking at it right now, you know, how can how can access TV or or one of those not be able to say, look, this is, this is fully packaged. We don't have to spend anything but paying you. You know, yeah. it, it just seems like it would, it might be more stressful for you to have to do it every week or something. No, but, you know. no. Chris, you're hitting like all, you're hitting the spots, man, because like right now it's, you know, we've been doing the show for six years and it's right. taking a toll. I mean, this is, this is an expensive hobby. To say the least, so bad. I'm starting to get pressure pretty, pretty, uh, pretty hard from the wife, and <laughs> like, hey, you know what? You're not making much from this, so what's going on? So, like, having somebody pick it up or, or something would be really be nice. Have you have you like pursued that, or have you like you know no. reached out to? Dude, you should reach I'm not out. Smart enough. To... Oh, get the fuck out! I need of a here. manager, you know. Oh, hell, here I am. <laughs> I'll, I'll get i'll get i know people at access tv i could certainly talk to somebody over there and i certainly know a couple of people that work for tubi wow that's you know cool. but i mean it, it's certainly i mean i i i see i do a ton of podcasts and i watch as many and you know, i know you guys do too there's nobody doing this there's nobody doing this and I, and that's not to kiss your ass no you know no, you can ask eric what well, you can ask Eric what I said before when I was just telling him who was coming on. I said the same thing, you know, that nobody's doing it at this level. You know, well, it's it and you know, it should man, be rewarded. And that means the world. Uh, yeah, that, that means a lot to me. You're, you're you're the only person that's really ever told me that. <laughs> oh, just get like out of here. come on, really? No, man. I mean, I get praise and everything, but that's uh, yeah, that's really cool. It means a lot. Well, dude, let's 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 move forward here a little bit here. Let's let's talk about just the world of podcasting and delivering the message of of these bands and whatever. Because ultimately, we can give it whatever name we want to give it: podcast, video cast, show, whatever. But the bottom line is, we're all music fans first. That's really yeah. what we are. We're just music fans, and we want to promote music, and we want to promote these bands that. I, for the most part, at least on my side, and correct me if anybody feels different, but uh, for the most part, we want to promote the bands that we feel didn't get what they were deserved. Yes. You know, I think we all do that, and it and it's 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 tough to do. And during the pandemic, everybody and their brother, anybody that could afford a fifty dollar microphone, but had a microphone and a camera. And did, you know, there was a zillion podcasts out there and there was a zillion bad podcasts out there. And it does seem like it's thinning out a little bit now, thank God, because it was like you're competing it, for me and, and jump in here, Scott, um, yep. you know, but um, for me, the hardest thing was not that I had no worries about my shows, my shows being good or not good. I knew they were going to be better than what everybody else was doing because I worked that hard to do that. What I hated was that all of a sudden I'm competing with some guy with 14 
listeners and, and three hours in the business for interviews. Yeah. And, and you, you ask great questions, by the way. So it's got to kill you when you hear these like oh. crappy interviews. <laughs> dude, dude, we have we have literally made a cottage industry on the CMS of bad podcasters. Just bring bad, yes. pod, bad shows of just, you know, people coming in and being like, OK, so um, you played with Eddie Van Halen. What's that like? Yes. What do you? How <laughs> no. do you think it? What do you think it is like? Do you think it that, sucked? <laughs> you know? That reminds me of uh, the Chris Farley uh, show. You know, you're like, "Hey, Paul McCartney, do you remember when you're in the Beatles?" <laughs> that was yeah. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of quit, dude. We we have beaten up so many shows for doing that kind of stuff, and it's it is frustrating. It's frustrating because you know I do pride myself on being a good interviewer. It's the you only. It's the only thing I work at, you know, I, I don't work very much at, at, you know, watching my mouth or saying things that are, you know, kosher or cool with people or whatever. I don't work on any of that stuff. I do listen back to every single interview that I do. You do. And I, okay. I, I absolutely do. And I, and I nitpick them to death. Oh, me and, too. and God knows if I say a dumb question, if I ask a, <laughs> what's it like question, it'll haunt me for weeks. <laughs> It'll literally haunt me, and I will bring it to the CMS so that we can pick on me so that I learn my lesson not to do it again. Because, you know, the the goal is, I, I think people forget the goal. And the goal is not for me to be the star, not for you to be the star. The goal is to get the star to talk about things that everybody else is afraid to ask or just doesn't ask. I don't know that you got to ask hard, like afraid questions, but you just have to, you have to get personal. Like, like everybody wants to, like we wanted to, when we were standing outside the gate, waiting for bands to come out to the bus, you know, that's, that's my interpretation. And that's what I try to do my shit from. So you how know. do you, how do you become not, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of Eddie trunk right now. How do you, how do you become not like, get off like the i'm i'm supposed to get recognized more for all the years i put into this you know i mean because well, because you're not like i you know like, no no I no, no. To you and you and neely talk about that but you you're uh you're very humble so i mean that that's that's what people are attracted to it's not you know and and kind of uh i'm trying to think of the other guy that, that interviews really well i can't think of the name oh metal injection Oh, um, I know who you're talking about, but I, I know. he's on my show, Jose. Jose, oh, oh Jose uh, Mangan, yeah, yeah, he's an amazing, humble guy, you know. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that, that's yeah. cool. That's a good quality. I, I, well, I'll I'll tell you where for me where it comes from. And Jose, Jose is the most humble guy in the world. Ho, ho, Jose, he doesn't like to promote the things that the companies want him to promote about himself, like. I know for a fact he hates that he's being called the ambassador of metal or metal ambassador. Or whatever. He hates that because he's like, I, he, he would be one of those guys that'd be like, no, nah, I'm just a fan. You know, he's, yeah. he'd rather be that fan that turned you on to Amon Amarth on an episode of liquid metal versus being Jose Mangan, the ambassador of metal. You know, he, dude, he's, Ho I had Jose on the show and yeah. he, him and his wife came over and he had a bag, this big, uh, paper bag full of albums that he had signed over the years okay. as a gift. It had like Black Sabbath had all these wow. albums and shirts and everything. And he and he was so 
incredibly humble and just down to earth. It was yeah. nuts. Yeah. But he, he's still a fan. And that's, yes. the, that's, yeah, that's the, that. the nicest yeah. thing about, I mean, he's a fan that's had some opportunities yeah. and I mean, like, like buying the, the, the limo, the Pantera, yeah, Pantera. limo. Yeah. He bought the Pantera limo because he's a fan, not because he wanted to remodel it and put it on auction or something. He wants it in his backyard. That's what he wants. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, as far as staying humble, A, I haven't done anything to not be humble about, you know, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't climbed any, any mountains yet. So, but B, it's just, you <laughs> yeah, know, but you wrote books and stuff, man. Yeah, You've done a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of stuff, but what does that mean? It's, you know, I didn't do that stuff to get famous. I don't right. care about being famous. I honestly don't want to be famous. I, I, I look at fame as an absolute curse and you, you know, you see what it turns people into. You know, you mentioned Eddie Trunk. I'll go to Eddie Trunk as an, as a prime example. I I respect a thousand percent what Eddie did in the beginning, million percent. I I really do. I you know I mean, he's one yeah, of the with four Metallica ones. and Anthrax, yeah, like Mega Force, all that yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, he really was an integral player in the game. Absolutely. And he still, when he wants to, does fantastic interviews. And I I'll I'll argue that with anybody. All right, I don't know what happened there, but if we're back. Then I don't know what happened either. I have no idea what happened there, but something went goofy. So. I think I know what happened, guys. The cat. My cat. My cat knocked the plug out. Damn cat! <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm going to uh, buy you a burlap bag and a brick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did not hear that. <laughs> but no, getting, getting back to what we were saying about Eddie Trunk, I. I, I fully respect the guy's talent. I, I fully, fully respect what he did and everything that he that he has done. I don't respect that now he needs to be part of it. You know, the biggest yeah. reason the biggest reason he was able to do these things was because he understood his place. His place was to be behind the scene a little bit. His place was to let his artists shine. His place was not to be one of the artists. And now he's one of the artists and, you know, and again, if that's, if that's his career path, more power to him, but that's in our industry, that's a, that's a formula for failure because you're one bad interview away from everybody hating you. True. I, you know, I, I love Eddie Trunk too. And, but the thing is I, I listen to him all the time. I'm just going to admit sure. that, but sure. I had Eddie Trunk here at my house and I had Jose Megan at my house, those two interviews and the experience behind the cameras, us hanging, the hang time. Sure. Completely different. Eddie uh, Trunk was very scheduled, like, when is this going to be over? Is there uh -huh. food there? I got to <laughs> go back to the airport. Jose, I was like, dude, Jose, you're going to miss your flight. <laughs> like, like you got to go right now. Like, it's five hours later. Like, we we couldn't – I didn't bond as much with, uh, with Eddie Trunk, and I'm not trying to, the, you know, put him down oh. or anything. He was nice. But it just takes the, a while. the fan aspect was not there, you know. Right. It takes well, a while to get down with Eddie. You know, it's like I, I, really? I knew Eddie Trunk yeah. for 20 years probably. Wow. I didn't know that, uh, man. No, what you know, before he acknowledged me. <laughs> he didn't let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> for years, he would come and just walk right past me for years. And I used to think he was a total prick. But after I was around long enough, then that changed. He was actually started being nice and, you know, asking, coming up to me, asking how I'm doing. 
one day we took when we had, he he was a big white lion guy so when greg oh, absolutely. Dad, he, he wanted me to take a picture of him and greg and he's all here here's my number text me that you know and then i had his number and and then you know from then out he started being cool and you know and i just saw him in vegas a few weeks ago and he was we were talking about our heart health and blah 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 but it's taken a long time that was my point just to not feel bad and hang in there and eventually Eddie Trunk will be cool to you. Like yeah, you. But, yeah. okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a wonderful story. And here's my rebuttal <laughs> to that wonderful story. Why can't you just be cool with everybody from the first time? And then you don't have, you know, you're not a fucking God here for God's sakes. You know, I, I shouldn't need 20, 20 years of proving my jestership before you allow me in the courtyard. I mean, get out of here with that. You know, be civil, be cool with everybody. You know, because I, I, I just, ha I don't respect that. I, I look at that and I'm like, you know, I surround my pe myself with people that are cool until they're not, not people that mm. aren't cool, but I want to be friends with, you know, that's Isn't it a New York thing. It's like a New York thing. They're like, I'm from the East coast originally, and we're not that way. Yeah. It's taken me a lot of, a lot of time to humble down. Cause you get this, I used to have this Jersey freaking attitude and you know, and I shouldn't have, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm trying to become more humble in my later years, but maybe it's <laughs> something to do with that. It's demographics. Do you, you know, perhaps yeah. geographical, I mean, geographic. no, that makes sense. That's a good point. It could be. I don't know. I mean, here in the Midwest, we're hard as fuck. You know, I know that. I, I certainly in Cleveland. I mean, Eric, you know, I mean, it, it's, mm -hmm. it ain't just me. People think that when I lived in California for a couple of years, People were just put off by me. They were like, dude, easy. You know? And I'd be like, what? I just ordered a taco. You know, you know, I was just ordering food. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, they were thought that I was pushy and overbearing or whatever. And and it, and it just is. I mean, the Midwest and certainly the East, the Far East Coast, you know, is definitely edgier or harder or more demanding. But that being said, I don't think I ever had a problem where people were just like you know did not want to be around me at all because i treated them as less than me and right. i think that's kind of eddie's crutch right now is he literally thinks he is he thinks he sold the records not rat <laughs> not bon jovi not kiss not you know he thinks he by playing these records made the made these bands and we've heard him say that on shows. Well, I got so-and-so back together and I got Twisted Sister. And it's like, dude, stop. And then he gets mad at you when you call him out. Like he did it. Me and him had a, a little Twitter war because he he did the one. The one that he did was he got Doc and talking to Lynch. And we literally had Dokken on our show. We had Don on our show <laughs> telling us that it, that wasn't what happened two weeks before Eddie announced that, that it happened on his show. And we were like, dude, totally isn't what happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I got the, I got the little show trying to, trying to get off of, get attention off the big show. Comment. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay, bro. Except for I have dated tape or I have dated audio. So, you know, you figure it out. But, you know, it's just like, dude, stop. You know, 
But again, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to turn this into an Eddie Trunk bashing thing. No, no, I do, no. I'm sorry, I do respect the guy, but as an I artist, last thing I, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to interject one one thing. The the uh, artists like myself, we need Eddie Trunk and we need Chris Aiken to survive. Yeah. I'm but, just saying that as a guitar player in Stephen Piercy's band, we need both you guys sure. to talk about us and to play well, us. And, and and it should oh, be that way point, though, man. and but it should be that way though. It should be, it should be a trade. It should be a fair trade off of, you know, when when Stephen's doing something, Stephen knows or you know that you could get anytime. Stephen could call this show or obviously this show, but he could call classic metal show anytime he wants. Yeah, you know, and 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 we have that relationship with every artist. Every artist I know has that relationship. It should be mutually and, beneficial for both parties. Of course. You know? And, and you know, when you're friends with the guys, you want to help them. You know, I mean, that's, and Scott, you know this, man. You've, I'm sure you have a bunch of friends now that you would have never imagined in your wildest dreams would have their phone numbers and you'd be texting with them in your phone. It's insane, dude. And, but, but what, if they're doing something, you want to, you want to step up and help them now because, yeah. they, because they were cool. Yes. And again, I don't want to throw Eddie under the bus, but I'm going to one more time. If Eddie Trunk hits you up and wanted to do something, <laughs> you're going to yeah. be looking at it like, well, let me see what my schedule has to say. <laughs> you know, the same way he made you with, let me see if my schedule says I can stay here three more minutes. Okay. So let me ask you a question. What if you had Ricky Ratman in Eddie Trunk's spot? How different would that be? Because Ricky is, I know Ricky, he's been on my show. He lives two hours away from my house sure he's a super fan too you know mm -hmm. how different would that be because he he seems more connected you know like he seems like one of us kind of like i don't know he does not, not well, he, he does and you know i i've met ricky um I, I don't know him know him but i've met him obviously and um you mean like if he took the trump trunk mantle yeah, like or if, he, he if ascended he, to or, it instead of trunk well if he was on faction talk and he had his own talk show you know, interviewing artists, I would definitely check that out. And I, I would, would listen to it every day. Yeah. Dude, I, I the biggest with, with Eddie Trunk is there's only one time it's just Eddie Trunk. There's yeah. one guy, you know. Yeah, that's it. And when he was doing when Ricky was doing uh the gimme metal thing, I couldn't wait to to watch it and listen to it. He he had a show, he he did a what was it the headbangers ball returns or something. I forget what it was called. The ball, I think it was just called. Yes, the ball. Yeah, he, re, he did the headbangers ball, yeah. And I couldn't wait to watch it. And I watched it and it was really fun. It was really good. It took me back in time. And they dropped the ball on it. You know, they they didn't I don't know why they didn't continue doing it. I don't know. It's probably money. I'd imagine Ricky needed to get paid, and that's fine. You know, I, I wish somebody would make Ricky the right offer because he really is still connected in the right way and 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 again, he you know that's a great comparison because he came up the same way Trump did, you know right. he came up you know managing the clubs and you know working at the cat house and you know doing all that stuff. What is your cat doing over there, Eric? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't even want to look. <laughs> but no, Rackman came up the right way. I would love to see that. I think he would be he would be excellent. The only place that Ricky might have a problem is that he's not stuck in the time warp that people want him to be stuck in. People, people 
would tune into Ricky Rackman to hear him talking about Queensryche and Rat. They they would be very surprised if they talked to him and he's like, dude, the best bands out there today are Acrecock and Amon Amarth or whatever. <laughs> you know, he 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 he's very into like death metal and stuff. And I don't think people would be ready for that. But did you say uh, Acrecock? That's a band. A K E R C O C K E. Look them up. Right. <laughs> they are I'm a death metal y type band. But but um well Scott Eric, are those are, Eric, are those cardboard cutouts behind you? I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh these right are, here. Was gonna be yeah, those, those are two. actual guys. Yeah. Um <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a, a, a hilarious movie from what, nineteen seventy eight? Airplane. What's it called? Airplane. airplane. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. He's got airplane. And of course, I'm yeah, live at the so Pantera. Cool. And of course, Look. I'm live at the Pantera show. So. I, I like you. Nice, you have yeah. your. I, I got a Smash Mouth shirt. You see they, that? Nice. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like you were saying, you have your albums. You you whip out the big albums as your thing every show. Like I change my deal every episode <laughs> to match something we're going to talk about. And <laughs> nice. the Southwest Airlines debacle is is going to come up. So. <laughs> I decided to just go full airplane and just make a cockpit here. There you go. Very nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, 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 Scott, what have you what are you looking to now with 2023, man? I mean, obviously you 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 know, the way you do your show, I'm imagining you already are putting together guests for your show. So what are you looking at? Yeah, that's uh that's interesting that you brought that up. So right now 2023 is going to be a little different because we're me and my wife we're trying to save up a little bit more money because okay. this thing's been going on for six years. Um, not saying that I'm going to quit doing um, interviews at my house, right? But I'm looking at alternative ideas. Uh, I got some friends that have cameras. We're going to maybe we're th- we're talking about going and doing interviews on location. Just kind of change okay. it up, you know? Sure. You know, I've been doing this show for six. It, it just feels a little redundant like it's like I, I need to change it up sure and i think it, i think it would be cool to like if if a band's rehearsing maybe show up at the rehearsal and film what they're doing and then interview them mm-hmm. i talked to rich rich uh, ward and guardians of the jukebox yeah i was like what if we just showed up and did an interview on your bus or whatever and he's like that would be amazing and so kind of changing it up a little bit you know and that mm-hmm. way, and saving money at the same time. So yeah, I, and, yeah. And, and you could yeah. and you could pepper it with a lot of you know, dude. As long as you take your iPhone or your phone with you, you know, you can literally pepper it, pepper it with you know video from that night later that night. Especially if you put it back together, you know, and that's that's always more fun where you actually see the artist and and you see you know you see them performing and then you see them talking about it you know yeah in their environment so it's not yeah. my environment it's in their environment yeah i, I think yeah. it'd be different and i want to do more podcasting too like this okay um, i think i think that would be cool kind of change things up a little bit so 2023 would be definitely interesting <laughs> yeah well dude obviously if you need any of that help you know you certainly know where to come to to ask cuz i certainly have a little knowledge there so absolutely yeah. do you guys um so i'm friends with chris sinzak and i've been to the rock oh, yeah. and pod expo a couple of times do you guys ever go i have never gone i don't i am the worst at getting me to come out of anywhere i do not <laughs> like to travel i'm when i was in the military i was a i was the commanding general's bodyguard guy and all we did was fly 
like constantly from I was in Korea. So I was constantly on a plane. Well, let's go to Australia. Let's go to France. Let's go to Russia. Let's go to Europe. So I was literally every week for a year and a half. I was just on a plane. So now you can't drag me. <laughs> <on a plane. laughs> Same with me. My girl hates that too. Cause she goes like, we never go anywhere. And I go, that's all I do is go places. I'm like, I, I want to enjoy being home for a few weeks. Is that okay? <laughs> Eric, yeah, do you I, guys live together? You and your girl? Yes, we do. Nice. Is that her cat or your cat? That this is my cat and her oh, name's nice. Kylie. And then my lady, Susan has a, a white cat named Charlie girl cat which I is very prolific on my social media. Charlie shows up a lot. This cat's like darker complected. She doesn't show up in pictures as well. I don't post quite as many of her, but she does like to jump on the podcast and knock <laughs> shit over and fuck shit up. Are you not a dog person at all? Just cat? No, I love all animals. I really do. I, the only reason why I don't have a dog is just because of where we live. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he lives. Yeah. He lives in paradise. If there's a that? picture of paradise, that's where he lives. Oh, yeah, we, we gutted out an airplane. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing. We have these these cutouts of Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Dude, I see I see his stupid Facebook every day, and I just want to vomit <laughs> because it's all it's it's literally if you take if you just do like a, a search for images of awesome beach sunset, it might as well be shot from Eric's house. Yeah, it's, that sucks. It, it just sucks. I hate it. I hate yeah, you, for Eric. you, Chris, it's like negative temperatures, right? Yeah, especially yeah, on Christmas, right? Yeah, what? Christmas was brutal. It was negative, negative like ten with the wind chill of negative thirty four. Do you have brutal. pipes that just burst? You know, like I've uh, never, oh. I've never had that, but but I'm a I'm a veteran now to where to where like the rooms that don't have as much heat. I literally have little portable heaters that sit right next to the pipes and I turn them on when it gets cold just to, yeah, oh, there you go. And, and plus I always keep the little hot water dripping and when it's really, really cold, just to keep hot water going through the pipes and mm, Chris tips. Yeah. There's you know, my, there's my house hunting <laughs> tips. I'll tell you why there's Chris tips because Chris doesn't have the money to go and spend $10,000 to re repipe his house. So especially <laughs> right. when I could, especially when I could turn on a faucet and let it, let it drip, you know, let it drip a nickel's worth of hot water down the drain and keep it from freezing. So I've, I've <laughs> definitely learned, but yeah, it's nice where you are though, isn't it, man? Uh, me? No, yeah. it's, it's actually, yes, it's, it's actually gone in the fifties, but we were, it was seven degrees around Christmas time. So it's like, that's the coldest it's ever been here. But yeah, right. you're right. It's it's actually in the 50s now, which is which is better than your minus temperature. Oh yeah, look at this guy, surfer fan. Chris Aiken presents home contracting. <laughs> Very nice. I bummed everybody out because on Christmas uh, Day I posted a picture. I think it was like 75 degrees here oh, in Oceanside, God. where I live, California, and I my patio is right on the strand like uh on the beach so i just like kicked up my feet and i had my christmas socks on i'm in my like boxers and i'm just like got my feet up there wishing everybody sending everybody <laughs> warm christmas vibes from side, you know and i'm just like everybody else is freezing there's people dying in their cars in buffalo you know and I'm just, <laughs> dude like, you should shirt. have your you should have your airplane guys uh, in the background, everywhere you go, like why the beach with your, it may be too much work, but that'd be a cool theme, you know. 
It would. I think we're going to leave all the big cutouts to you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, look, believe me, I'm I'm looking at your room right there right now, Scott. And I'm like uh, I'm like looking at that Metallica machine. I'm like, hmm. You know, is that, yeah, your, thanks, that, that is your room right there. Yeah, yeah, that's my basement right there. I love it, yeah. man. Hey, thanks, is that, man. Is that the LE or is that the standard edition? Uh, or do you know? You are a pinball guy. Yes, I, I own I a pin. I own. I own the fifth largest pinball arcade in the country. Scott didn't Dude, know that. I, oh. I knew that. I knew that, man. I kind of forgot about that. But yeah. you know, it's it's. Uh, there's one thing, Chris. Listen to this. Yeah. When when the ball always gets stuck in one freaking corner all the time, mm -hmm. and you have to tilt it a little, and then it rolls down. I'm like, how do you fix this? Uh, well, you, you have can to tilt. Well, That's here it, we go now with tilt. Chris with, with with some more Chris tips. Chris, Chris tips on pinball. Chris, <laughs> yeah. Chris, with Chris tips tip. on pinball. Yeah. What you do is it there's that there's that rack, you know, that the uh -huh. ball comes up on the the little metal two prong rack thing that the ball slides down. Yeah, D take the glass off bend the inside one just a hair just a little tiny bit and that'll dent it enough that the ball will slide automatically that's amazing see that's a chris tip right there that's, that's a chris a, tip a, that should be your promotional like me asking you that question yeah, you there know, we go promo that's that's gonna be my new tiktok chris tips <laughs> <laughs> i would have overthought it with magnets and <laughs> i know man i was like i was like look at astro glide and spray it no. like, what right around here some astro glide no, let, me, <laughs> let me just let me just tell you when you're trying to keep 400 of them running at the same time you learn every trick in the tr in the trade book how many you know, employees do you have at, with 400 games or four uh, just balls? um we have um one two three four just four just four, four employees. Yeah, just four and me. Okay, but last it, question here. What's yeah, your no. favorite band pinball machine? But band wise, like Aerosmith. Band wise, do you, a, do you have a favorite band? Probably Iron machine? Maiden. Probably not, probably Iron Maiden. The yeah. Iron Maiden machine is great. Um, I like the sound on the Led Zeppelin the best. The Led Zeppelin pinball machine the best. But it's a really crummy game. It's not. Is it the retro? Like, is this old? Like, how old are these games? It, no, they're, they're, no, the the Led Zeppelin's a fairly new one. But it's um, it's I mean, it plays all the old music, which is great. But it's just a big empty play field. It sucks. It's like the, the like I, I'll be honest. I don't love the Metallica one too much because it's just great music. The music part of it is great, but it doesn't play really. It, it plays a little too slow for me. I like a faster, and I suck at pinball. Let me be clear here. I'm terrible. You're no Fonzie with the pinball? No, I'm no Fonzie. I'm definitely, hey. I'm, I'm terrible at pinball, but I, I like the game to be fast. You know, I, I like to play a faster pinball game. Um, Do you guys have the Guns N' Roses one? Like, we they did. Put out we one? sold it. We sold oh, it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. We had it at one point. Dude, we've had them all. That's, that's, Dude, if you're ever up this way, I'll take you out to to Pinball PA and, and that'd be um, cool. You 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 won't believe some of the shit that's out there. Do we have one machine that there's only four of them in existence? What? It was a it was a prototype. It, it's called Thunderball. It was a pinball? prototype in the '70s for um for pinball machines, and um they made ten. It's a terrible game. Uh, the, well, the, the 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 hook to this that they thought was going to be amazing and it was terrible was that instead of having a plunger that you shoot the ball up and then it pings around for a while, you push a little button and it drops the ball right onto your flippers. Like it comes up right to the flippers. 
So half the time when people were playing it in the prototype phase, they didn't know what was happening. They pushed the button. The ball fell right down the drain. And, and they were like, people are not going to pay money to play this. You know, if they're losing, you know, if they're losing their first quarter by not getting, not yeah. getting it to play right. So they didn't make it. They decided not to make it. So there was only 10 that were out there. There's only four that are known that are still in existence. And ours is the only one that's in a public, public place that you can actually put your hands on it and, and play. Oh, it. that's so cool. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It's a, it's, it's sweet to have. And we get a lot of people that come out to see it. But then when they see it, then they play it and they're like, man, eh, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> do you have, do you have a collectors that one? Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you, could, uh, you can go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say that, uh, what's the TV show that used your place, Chris? Uh, Mindhunter. So oh, Mindhunter cool. shot episodes of the show. No, not in my episode. place. What, what oh. Mindhunter did, and boy, this was, you want to talk about a nice profit. Mindhunter came in. And they, they were shooting in Pittsburgh. They, they shot, the, they shot the, the scenes or some scenes in Pittsburgh. And they came in and the, the time period that they were shooting Mindhunter was 1981. So they came in and they, they went through our whole collection and they picked out like 30 machines that all fit the timeline for, their, for the scene. And they rented the machines from us for um they rented 30 machines for a thousand dollars each so they gave us 30 yes. grand and um so for you know they took the machines for a month so, and again they wrote us a nice fat thirty thousand dollar check and we were stoked we we're like yes this is great so come fast forward we get the movie comes out or the mine hunter comes out that we're our games are in 14 seconds of the move of the show oh so they paid thirty thousand dollars for fourteen seconds of, of <laughs> and I was like, okay. And nobody ever complained once. And we we've had conversations with that with that production company. They're going to use us again, probably in either thirteen or fourteen. So, yeah, you think Stranger Things or something would want to do something like that, right? Well, it's you know what, man. It just comes down to having the originals. You know, they could probably have gone and made boxes that looked like the originals, but they want it to be authentic. And collector guy, you know how you know how movie guys are. Movie guy sees anything wrong, they'll be like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be June of 81, and that machine right. came out in August of 81. And speaking of which, historically, was it the 1950s that the first pinball machines came out or became popular? Somewhere in there, yeah. And they were so all legal. Any movies coming out 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s that they want to mm -hmm. be nostalgic, that's a pretty big 40-year period worth of movies yeah. that can be coming to you for. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and, and, and we're there. We're certainly yeah. willing to help them. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Do you let do you let people play the games that you're gonna sell or do you put those separate? Well, we don't we don't really we don't really sell. We're we're oh, okay. we're more of an arcade. We're we're definitely more of an arcade. I mean my my partner Ed he has a side business that he sells some machines, but, um, you know, we, we do not, we don't put them on the floor to sell them. I mean, we, we want to be an arcade. We don't want to be a, do you buy a, them? Do you buy them from people? I've, I've bought them. I've bought plenty and boy, that's as Scott, who's sitting there with a Metallica in his, in his room, will tell you <laughs> that's not cheap. Right. Oh you know? God. I got a good story about that. 
Yeah, it's that, that, well, that was a late that was a late night buy, by the way, and I didn't tell the wife. Oh, and they put they put that thing on a pallet, eighteen wheeler, like lowering it down. And my wife's <laughs> like, "I'm trying to take it off the pallet around the house without her finding out." In the <laughs> dead of summer, I mean that it, it's ridiculous. Uh, did you buy it new or from somebody? It was brand new, but oh, it, yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was from, but it was oh. uh, it was nuts. Oh boy, your wife must have been furious. Yeah, she didn't know for a while. Like I, 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 I rolled it around the house, and I'm just dripping of sweat, and uh, well, trying to get know, in the house. I know this; yeah. those machines knew. Any machine knew. That is not the kind of thing that the wife is like. Okay, that's a little expensive. That's the kind of thing that any wife is going to be like. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> well, this is this is when I took care of the finances. So it was a little oh. different. <laughs> I couldn't do that now. <laughs> now, now it's, it's changed. Yeah, now she, now she'd look at why. Yeah. Now she'd look at it. She'd be like, nine grand? What are you doing? You know? She's like, why do we have any money? I'm like, I have no clue. You know, I don't know, but own. this pinball machine rules. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I got that crash course with, um, spent, we bought the, um, for the, for pinball PA, we bought the Iron Maiden, uh, the limited edition Iron Maiden. So, you know, we bought the, the one cool. that they just didn't produce a ton of and it was twelve thousand dollars and i just was like wow is it because they use it to make money that they got a tax on it up front it couldn't possibly cost 12 grand no it don't cost that Great much question. to make them but you no. know yeah why are they so expensive that's because you're gonna make money on it probably well and, and coins in it and because there's not a lot of people making them that's really what it comes down to you've got you you've got stern them. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm, it's not. Look, I, I have enough trouble keeping the business that I have with pinball alive. I'm not considering building machines, but um, <laughs> you, and, you know, there's 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 reasons that they cost as much. Like Metallica. First thing licensing. you got to look at on that. There's licensing upon licensing upon licensing on that. That side green that you're looking there. That's mm -hmm. one. That's one logo license. The if you look at the top on the on the Playface there, there's a different Metallica logo that has to have another license. Then there's the imaging of the guys that's on the machine that has to have another license. Then there's what 60 songs, I think, on that machine. Oh, yeah. 60 yeah. songs. Yeah. Every one of those songs has to be licensed. That's before you build the machine. That's that's just when you have an idea. You have to do all that licensing before you ever drop a silver ball on a piece of wood. You wow. know, it's it's it, I understand the cost. I certainly don't think that it's worth $12,000. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe half would be realistic. What does a but slot I, machine cost, do you think? Like a, uh, like a video poker machine or slot machine? Well, I can tell you what a video poker machine costs, too, because okay. I have a couple of those. Um, All right. Those are about 3500 bucks. Oh, okay. Those aren't too bad for... But but then again, that's a whole different set of rules. You save right. on the buying of the equipment, but boy, do you get drilled. You not you get drilled by the tax man for mm -hmm. for gambling. Right, that's a whole nother. This borough and this town and this city and this municipality—they all want their cut of 
every quarter that goes into that stupid thing. <laughs> so where you live, you're at, you, you could p- potentially have someone play a video poker machine because of where you're located. Cause a lot of States that you wouldn't be able to do that unless it was like an Indian reservation. Yeah. Yeah. Up in, up in, I mean, in, in our Plaza, there's actually a place with like 15 machines or something in it. People just oh, come in there and play, drop their money in and lose it. <laughs> Don't tell Pierce about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Well, well, dude, it sounds, Scott, it sounds like uh, you got a lot of great stuff coming in 2023. And obviously if we can help in any way, I'm, I'm glad to help, man. Cause I love what you do and I'm, Oh, thank not, you so much. I'm not just asking. And I, I really do. Every time you drop an episode, that's an hour of my day taken. Because, wow. I mean, that means a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got a couple I, I, more. Yeah. No, I just was going to say, I really enjoy what you're doing. And I think that fans of, of music and especially that the era of music that you cover, there's nobody doing it better. So you should definitely, you know, dig in and, and learn about the bands that you want to learn about. So where, where should we tell people to go just to refresh everybody's memory? Well, first of all, I'm on all social medias. So if you go under Instagram, Twitter, which I don't use that often, um, you know, Facebook, and YouTube, if you just go under good company with bowling, B-O-W-L-I-N-G, uh, it'll pop up. Okay. And speaking of like, we're talking about 2023, like going on location. It seems like to get Chris on the show, I'm going to have to go on location. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, come on. I wish show your house, but like, Hey, you're on good company. Chris. We're talking about Chris's birthday, doing a Chris birthday bass. Cause he it might be the last year that he's here on earth. <laughs> so we, we thought we should all converge onto pinball PA and just throw a big bash. This Dude. 2023. You should. Dude. Yeah. You should get Stephen Piercy to sing him happy birthday. That would be amazing. You know? Yeah. Stephen would probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> he probably would. He'd be like, he he would definitely come up. He'd be all amped up on coffee. Just hey, brother, happy birthday, bro! <laughs> <laughs> it's October. Did you say? I forgot when you said. Your yeah, birthday it's was. my birthday's in October, but no, it is too, man. When, when's your birthday? Twenty-seven. No, 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 But thanks for having me on your show, man. This yeah, man. No, this is this, this really this cool. Definitely fun, man. And, Eric's um, the man. And no, Scott's the man here with the with the good company for good company with Scott Bowling. It is out there. You should definitely check it out. And uh, dude, I think we're gonna take a break here, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap it up with uh, some airline hell stories from Eric. But uh, Scott, thanks so much for joining us, man. And and anytime, man. Doors always open. It was an honor. It was an honor. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Well, let's take a little take break, care, and we'll be right back too, with Chris Hagen presents. 